I'm Allison Bukowski, and this is The Customer X-Files. I'm delighted to bring my years of experience supporting, building, and leading customer marketing and advocacy initiatives to the amazing community that supported me throughout my career. I've always been committed to moving CMA programs from transactional to engaging, multidimensional experiences, and this podcast is no different. Each episode, I'm joined by an incredible thought leader within the customer marketing and advocacy space, generous enough to share insights, knowledge, and experience with all of us, the Customer X community. Brought to you by the PeerSpot Network, nothing is off limits. If it has to do with the customer experience, we want to talk about it. And just as our industry continues to evolve, so will this podcast. Several days after each session, we'll invite all of you to join in a live Q&A session with our guest. So let's get started. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Customer X-Files. I'm Allison Bukowski. Welcome back to any repeat listeners. I'm excited that I get to say that now. And for those of you tuning in for the first time, thank you so much for joining us. I am so excited to not only have one rock star, but two rock stars from Alteryx on today's episode. First, Luis Gonzalez heads up the Global Customer Advocacy Program at Alteryx. He currently leads the global vision and execution of the portfolio of advocacy programs. And as many of you know, he was recently named a top 25 CMA influencer and also added another award to the shelf with Best New Program Award winner from BASE. He previously worked in client success and engagement at Serious Decisions and Forrester, where he was first exposed to advocacy, research, and frameworks, and positioned him very well to come into this world. And Lewis is also a writing instrument enthusiast, so seriously, ask him about his pen, particular pen obsession, and I'm sure he'll be happy to share as he is a storyteller. And then I'm also super pumped. Love to have you, Lewis. I'm super pumped, though, to have Michelle Babnick also on the call with us today, who leads global onboarding, the global onboarding team at Alteryx. Her team is responsible for Alteryx's global orientation program, as well as their newly launched multi-day cultural immersion program, which is called New Hire Connect. Prior to Alteryx, Michelle led onboarding programs for the Walt Disney Company. Always a nice, a nice name to be able to drop. And one of the things that actually made me fall in love with Michelle, we're just getting to know each other, but she's 100% committed to making a new hire's first impression and initial experience with an organization the very best that it can be, which means she's one of us. She's a customer advocacy professional at heart. So welcome, Michelle. Welcome, Lewis, to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. So great to be here. Nice meeting you, Allison. Hey, Lewis. Lewis, did you give up on, on the podcast already? I mean, we haven't even started. We yet. haven't even started. This is the dreadful I was on mute. I'm yeah. not editing that out, just so you know. <laughs> well, don't edit this part out either, because when you said this was called the Customer X-Files, I was like, oh, now I have to be mysterious. But then at the same time, we've got myself and Michelle, so we could play Scully and Mulder. Oh, I love it. You can do it. You can do it. I do like a play on a name. So, and I've also been playing around with my theme music. So for listeners, feel free to, you know, toss out ideas. We can change that as this show progresses. But alas, let's talk about today's topic, which I think is actually going to resonate with everyone out there, not just the customer marketers or the advocacy professionals, but anybody 
who works within a company that strives to be customer centric. I think it's become a bit of a buzz term, especially over the last decade, but I would argue that few companies really understand it, let alone live and breathe it. But you guys get it. And you're doing this amazing thing, breaking down some internal silos, bringing the outside in. So that's what we're going to dive into today. But Lewis, you already know this. And Michelle, you probably have figured it out. I'm also a big believer in people before professionals. So I'd like to kick off the episodes with an icebreaker and let listeners learn a little bit more about you. And no surprise, I'm going to go with food for this one. So if you had a meal... That was inspired by you at a restaurant or just maybe your favorite meal. What would it be and why? I am a breakfast girl. I think it fits my personality a little bit too, because I think it can just be traditional and simple, but I think you can dress it up too and make it a little bit fancy when you want to. But I love breakfast. I can eat breakfast every meal every day. And I don't think I'm alone, but I'm also like the very traditional, like, I just want, give me the good old, like classic bacon and eggs, a good breakfast potato, you know, maybe with a little bit of spice and pepper in there. And then one thing that is so special to me and part of my family's culture is my dad's homemade crepes. So every time I go home, I have to have his crepes. So that's something that I definitely would have as part of my own meal. Because I just think it's just so much about my home. And I always say, you know, food fills my soul more than my stomach. So that's me. Breakfast. I love that. What is your favorite filling for the crepes? Oh, my crepes? Oh, I am just, give me the strawberries and the whipped cream. A little powdered sugar. Mm, that little bit of sweet that goes with all the savory of like your bacon and eggs for sure. Right. And, and the potatoes. And we could talk about yes. potatoes for 10 more minutes uh, because it's hash brown, American fries. Yes. Which, which way are we going with that? But, it has to be the hash oh. browns. I'm glad I'm just simple. The hash browns. Yeah. Sometimes made little peppers in there, but you know, nothing fancy. It's okay. I put maple syrup on my hash browns because I'm a sweet and salty, <sighs> like together kind of girl. Oh my so gosh. Okay, okay, I'm writing that down before I forget because I'm going to have to try that and get back to you. It's fabulous. Trust me. All right, Lewis, how about you? Yeah. Oh, man. So for me, I'm I'm a huge foodie as well. It's going to be a three-course meal, and it's a mix of my personality. So I'm going to have to go with skirt steak nachos because I love those, followed by an entree, which would be the most delicious rare truffle burger with Parmesan fries. And then if anybody's listening and you've not heard of this dessert, it is very popular in Latino American culture. It's a, called a tres leches cake, which is a very moist cake. It's basically a yellow pound cake, but like you kind of soak it overnight in like different kinds of sweet condensed milk and, and, and stuff. And it's just amazing. And then you kind of finish that off with a neat 23-year-old bourbon, two ounces, and I'm a happy man. So that's... That's me. So, <laughs> oh my God. I, I'm coming to your house, Lewis. <laughs> yeah, I eat a lot. <laughs> you know, I strategically, I knew that you were coming on and asked the food question because I knew that you would answer it. And Michelle followed suit with the same amount of detail that I always put into answering the food question. And Tres Leches is one of my favorite desserts of all time. So well done on that. Like Michelle, for me, because it's not fair for me to ask and and not not share. I'm a Midwestern girl. So and I'm from Wisconsin originally. And so part of growing up, supper clubs were a big thing. It, yeah. It's not 
I don't really know if they're as well known outside of the Midwest and they're kind of a dying breed and it's as much the experience as it is the food, but the food is also delicious, but everyone you come together and you're at the bar and you spend at least an hour just visiting. That's where a dirty martini, uh, vodka, not gin, just sorry. That's my girl. Yeah. (laughs) It, It has to be vodka. It's, it's usually kettle extra dirty. And so that's how you start. And then you order and then they bring you in to your table. There's always a salad bar. It's a very important component. So there's the salad bar. And then I like surf and turf, a ribeye with some crab legs or a ribeye with shrimp. And I'm, I'm happy. That's, that's all I, I all that. I need. So yeah. I love that. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Now that we're all hungry and probably everybody listening is hungry and we're lucky if they even let us get into the work stuff because they've all left for lunch. We'll get back, get back to today's topic and let's talk about this. Let's talk about building a customer centric culture. So I mentioned earlier that I think all of us understand the importance of a customer centric approach to business, but I think some of us struggle with turning the microscope on ourselves and showing just how important important it is to embed that customer experience and voice within our own organizations. So I would love to hear, because we talk a lot about customer marketing and advocacy and sales and product and customer success, but, and I like to think we're kind of like glue for multiple departments, but I don't always see, and Michelle, I'm not human capital or human resources. I'm not trying to brand you and put you into a bucket, but how did you two connect and how did your story? When I first joined Altrix, I went through what was our onboarding program at the time. It was called Bootcamp. And one of the very first speakers that I listened to was Libby Dwayne Adams. And she's one of our co-founders and our current chief advocacy officer. And one of the things that stood out to me was she said, if we don't have customers, we don't have jobs. And I think just coming from my previous employer, obviously the Walt Disney Company, it was very clear that we were customer focused or guest focused. And it was built into our DNA that, you know, pretty much everything we did was for our guests. And so hearing that, I knew I was at home at Alteryx because I don't think Alteryx was any different. So part of this bootcamp program is where I met Lewis. At the time, he was actually... Oh my gosh, Lewis, I think you were part of like a trio of speakers when we were talking about customer advocacy and our community. And I just instantly had a connection to Lewis because his passion for what he does, his storytelling came through. And as always, rock star fan favorite. But that's how that's how we originally met. And yeah, how I mean, did so yeah, Lewis? Yeah. yeah, talk talk a little bit about, you know, how you kind of Because I know you and you're always thinking about ways to be customer centric. So what was like, yes, this is a partnership I need. Boy, well, you know, we had always kind of showed up to the boot camps and explained what advocacy was to our our new hires, right? And how to leverage the program, especially if you were a CSM or a rep. And we showed examples of how our, our customers or advocates were telling an externally facing story to the market and supporting our go-to-market strategy. But what ended up happening was that when Michelle was reshaping Bootcamp and turning it into what it is today, she approached the advocacy team and was like, look, some of the stories are a bit older, right? I'm kind of hearing the same stories being told over and over again. And perhaps we have an opportunity here to tell some newer stories and leverage them as a training guide or training tool 
to help our new hires understand the value drivers that not only we present to our customers, but how our customers perceive the value that Alteryx drives to them. So once Michelle said that, you know, like she's mentioned, I'm a storyteller. I love talking to our customers or advocates. And I was like, yes, <laughs> let's do it. So I have this little lingo term internally that I call dinner table stories. And when you, when you started a new company, one of the things that typically your family member asks you is, where do you work and what do they do, right? And if you work in tech, I mean, it can get really complex. And so if you're able to go home and tell a dinner table story, which is like, a, you know, a, a logo brand that resonates well with that individual, and you can just tell it in 45 seconds, then you've got something. And so that was the goal is to develop a few stories that we could tell to these new hires that not only they could go home and tell their significant other or their aunts or their uncles where they're working and how we're helping, but also this is the value that we're helping our customers realize. I think too, and I'm just going to jump on that, Lewis, for me, and again, my pedigree and just kind of meeting Lewis, I want our employees or our, you know, customers, I want to have an emotional connection to them, right? So as Lewis mentioned, you know, we had other sessions in onboarding that was very much driven to, oh, I'm the data science, I'm the finance person, I'm the IT person, this is how I use our product. But there wasn't anything that I felt like our new hires were walking away with like, oh my gosh, we're out there making such an impact to our customers and we're adding value, not just to the business, but to them as an individual and transforming their lives every day. So I really wanted them to walk away inspired. I wanted them to be proud of who they chose to come work for. Very much like me, not coming from a tech industry, those dinner table stories are so incredibly valuable that you can be able to talk about it that that like your friends and family can understand. Like Lewis said, like when I first got you know, to Alteryx, people are like, what's Alteryx? What do they do? So to be able to just humanize it, I guess is the word I'm looking for and relatable, I think really makes the impact. That's amazing and incredible that, you know, I think that's extremely forward thinking and you guys were able to come together. I just want to back up a couple of steps. I have like four questions just based on, you know, what you guys were just talking about. So It sounds like, and I think for some listeners and Lewis, just the fact that even before you, you and Michelle took this a step further, you had a seat, it sounds like a seat at the table as part of onboarding, meaning you were able to talk about advocacy work from the beginning. Did I catch that correctly? Oh, yeah. Look, I can't say enough about Alteryx and how customer facing we are. There's a lot of organizations, a lot of executives, you hear a lot of noise and fluff on LinkedIn. Hot take, I'm going to say that on this podcast, because it's true. You know, if you're going to be customer led, you're going to have to take those people within your function who are actually doing the work and highlighting their customers and putting them and spreading them across all different functions. Like you said in the beginning, we are the glue. And so when new hires come on board, the first thing that we do is let them know, especially if they're on the go-to-market team, you know, on the revenue driving team, hey, you've got a tool here and here are your resources. Here are the kinds of things that the advocacy program helps achieve. And also we have a few slides that showcase the ROI and the impact. So yes, we do have that. We've been having that seat at the table, which is amazing from pretty much day one. But what this project does is it just really brings it together, right? Not only is there an advocacy program, but here are the real stories that you can start telling tomorrow if you're in front of a customer. Mm -hmm. 
And as a follow on to that, and then I have a question for you as well, Michelle, I would imagine a lot of the listeners in the CMA type function, one of the struggles we face is just buy-in, right? From internal stakeholders. And by doing exactly what you just described from the beginning, I would imagine you see internal champions perhaps developing sooner or at least the value. Has that helped you? with accelerating traction from an advocacy perspective by doing it immediately with employees? Because, I mean, if you're pointing out ROI for like a salesperson, I imagine they're, they get on board quick. Yeah, yeah, it, it helps immediately, especially, you know, there's a few slides that talk about to, to a seller, right? Hey, here's some of the impact that we're helping drive. Compare the average deal size when an advocate is involved in a reference call versus our average deal size. You know, there's a difference there. Here's here's some anecdotal stories. I, I also have some slides where their own colleagues are providing quotes about how they've engaged and been successful with the advocacy program. So what I what I do see is an immediate uptake in those new sellers, those new CSMs, you know, buying into the program and understanding that it exists and then um, reaching out. And my favorite part is when they reach out and they say, hey, this is really valuable. You know, um, we didn't have this at my previous organization. Or two, three months later, they're already nominating some of their clients into the program because they know that to get the most out of it, they've got to put some into it as well, which is nominating their clients. So it's become a nice, a steady stream of customer culture, customer centricity that begins at the very start of their Altrix career. I love it. And hint, hint for everyone listening. I've also used a similar strategy and it has definitely paid off. There's nothing more rewarding than somebody proactively coming to you to talk to you about, you know, how you can help them out. And on the flip side, so, so Michelle, you had mentioned, you know, how, important it is to convey how customers perceive Alteryx, right? How they perceive an organization. And I'm curious, this is a launch pad in two questions here. Have you leveraged that as well from even an interviewing perspective? I'm always kind of fascinated because we think of interviews sometimes as one-way street, but I would imagine you agree they're not. They're a two-way street. Have you used it in that realm customer stories as well? Oh my gosh. You know, that would be a great question for our talent acquisition team, Yeah, just because they're the ones that are truly kind of going through the interview process. I think, you know, for me, customers in my role and being part of people and culture, my customers are my internal employees. But I, I think when I'm interviewing, you know, I'm definitely asking those questions and trying to seek from that candidate, you know, what their position is on customer advocacy or, you know, one of our values is customer first and how they would incorporate that into their role. You're right. I kind of tossed that one at you and you're right it's for the talent and acquisition team, but my brain starts working and I thought, boy, I would love to have a company, you know, share that with me before I'm even onboarded. But now let's say back to your world during onboarding and you're going through this program. Talk about what was the reaction? What's the reaction been like? From employees. Oh my God. I mean, Lewis can take this one for sure. But what I really loved about, you know, c- coming 
to Lewis and saying, hey, I think we have a way that we can kind of plus up these sessions and really, you know, drive the point home of how important our customers are and how we're impacting them. But I also think that when you're a new hire, it can be very overwhelming. You're drinking from a fire hose. I like to say at Alteryx, we drink from the champagne fire hose. You know, they're inundated with so much information. So I really like to gamify something and make it simple. So when Lewis and I were kind of, you know, thinking outside the box on how to run this particular session, it's like, hey, let's share with them what our value drivers are. Let's share some customer stories. Let's have them guess what the value drivers are from those stories and just make it really engaging. And it was a success. Like, unfortunately, we had to launch this first session virtually. And Lewis, you can (laughs) keep me honest here, but I think the way that we were able to do it in a virtual setting through Teams and having breakout rooms, I really think it brought these new hires together because they were, again, starting to build those relationships, starting to work together from the beginning. And of course, who doesn't like games, right? The friendly competition never hurts anybody. And we just had the opportunity last month. We were back in person at our headquarters in Irvine. We had probably 75 new hires from across the globe between go-to-market and non-go-to-market. And it's it's honestly, this session has to be a fan favorite. It's so well-received. And I think because you make it fun, I think that's where learning happens because you're going to remember the story. You're going to remember the engagement. You're going to remember talking to Lewis and maybe arguing <laughs> your point that maybe it's a different value driver. That's always my favorite part. But I think if they walk away again with those dinner table stories. So this is by far one of my favorite sessions. It's been one of my favorite sessions to work with Lewis on for sure. I'll add to that, Michelle, it has been certainly fun. When we first kicked this project off, it was virtual, right? And now with Alteryx's new headquarters and office space, which is amazing, I get this bird's eye view of the entire room. And one of the things I want to call out too, is that There's a new member of the advocacy team who's based in San Jose. His name is Andrea Silva. That's a name that you'll start hearing in the CMA circle soon. Him and I split this first session that, you know, they were seeing us on many screens in the room. We were seeing them from a bird's eye. And his feedback to me at the end was like, whoa, that was awesome, right? Because not only does he get also an opportunity to showcase these stories, but now when he's speaking to advocates, he's also thinking in a way of, how can we make this one, you know, the next fun story for the new mm-hmm. hire connect? It's definitely a lot of fun. I think Michelle calls out an interesting scenario. You know, value is sometimes subjective. It can be perceived differently by both internally facing folks, but also more importantly, the customer. And so this goes to show you the engagement that we get out of this session too, right? There mm-hmm. are six value drivers and we tell them you're going to get about two or three per story. You know, listen to the story as carefully as you can. And so when we do go over the answer key, you can kind of see people looking at me like, wait a minute, why? Right. And they're kind of like, I think it was customer experience. Why is it not efficiency gain or something of that nature? And you kind of say to them, you're not wrong. (laughs) Thank you for your passion. You're not wrong. Please continue to bring that passion to your customer calls. (laughs) Right. Yeah. But they'll remember it. Right. Then they'll remember the story. I think that's what's great. And I think the stories stick, right? Because they're human. That's what you both said, you know, at the top of this conversation that to add that human element and just for me, that's where customer centricity starts. And 
Also, by the way, Michelle, I'm stealing champagne fire hose because if I'm not having a martini, I'm having bubbles and it's so much better than water. It's like we're the same person, Allison. We really are. Yeah. This, this conversation will continue in multiple, multiple avenues after we wrap up the podcast. I'm curious about like with advocates and you sort of touched on this. And by the way, Andreas is wonderful. I've had the privilege of meeting him and I'm so glad he's on the team. Lewis, with your advocates, have you showcased this with them? Because I think we think of, oh, they come to cabs and they do stories and videos and things like this. But have you shared this with them and let them know what an impact they play in maybe an area they hadn't thought about? You know, you bring up a good point. We've not. And this question now gets my brain going of potentially working with Michelle and saying, well, what if we have a surprise pop-up guest one day? And it's that advocate telling his or her story live, right? Oh um, my gosh, I love that. <laughs> which could be a potential good play here, but they're not aware. They are aware of how we develop their stories and showcase their stories. And obviously when they're presenting at our major conference called Inspire and Alter.next, et cetera. They're totally aware of that. But in terms of being part of the Alterx Associate onboarding journey is something that I think is a powerful thing to relay. So it's something that I'm taking note from you, Allison, and I'm definitely going to let them know going forward. Full transparency. The question came to mind, and I'm nowhere near doing what you guys are doing, but I haven't either. But I think had the question pop into my mind was this whole perception of value, right? And we always try, of course, to be, you know, our customers are first. And I know, Louis, and I, and I now know Michelle, I mean, you believe in that wholeheartedly. So it's not that you're not wanting to share. But I love the fact that customers could understand that it's not always about closing deals or marketing or things like that. It's truly valuable to who we are as truly customer-centric organizations like you guys are. So I took notes too. I'm taking notes on my own notes. Sounds good. So finally, I always like to close these sessions asking about advice. And my question to both of you, because I'm sure many listeners are now thinking, how can I get this going? What advice would you give to others who might want to move the needle forward and start tackling something like this within their own organization. I can probably start off because one of the things that I'm a huge believer of is when I hear any sort of customer marketing and advocacy content, whether it's a podcast, white paper, model, et cetera, I always look at it and I go, all right, great. That's a good concept, right? That's a good theory. I see that somebody has perhaps succeeded in that, but what's missing is the how. Mm-hmm. And the how is so important. So the audience is hearing this and saying, okay, great. So Alteryx is infusing relatable, humanized customer stories at the very beginning of an associate's journey in order for them to understand not only how we help our customers, but teaches them the six value drivers that they should be looking out for going forward. Perfect. How? (laughs) So it all starts with commitment. You've got to be committed to actually taking the time to work cross-functionally, meaning you've got to put time on your calendar tactically. I mean, if you look at myself and Andreas's calendar, each month we've got that two-hour block. It is sacred. We're going to show up to 
this new hire connect meeting. We're going to deliver these stories. We're going to help. We know how important it is. And then you've also got to commit to the project itself, actually setting a cadence of meetings and saying, you know, how are we going to design it? What does it look like? And then to Michelle's credit, having a partner where, you know, she says, all right, great. We've got a version one. Let's pressure test it, right? Look elsewhere internally, gather a few few folks, whether it's 10, 15 people and, and do a dry run, you know, do it in a mock-up scenario and see how it feels. And that's something that Michelle and team drove. So it's those tactical things, actually committing to it though, is the first step that I would recommend. And a lot of it deals with our calendars. We're all so busy, but if you actually say, Hey, this is a sacred slot on my calendar that is reserved to work on this important project, then I promise you that's that first step. You'll get it done. Love that. Michelle, what would you add from your I mean, perspective? How do I even follow that, Lewis? Don't be afraid. Just just go and do. And I think, and we've said this before, and I'll echo Lewis what he said previously. I think we work for such a special company where we know how important our customers are. So in some ways, for me, this was a no-brainer to highlight you know, our customers in this way and make sure that it was such a crucial part of our onboarding program. And so I think it's just not being afraid and reaching out. And I think Lewis and I, you know, thankfully we had that relationship and connection since the day I started here two years ago. But I think the best thing I ever did was just connect with Lewis, commit to the calendar time and say, Lewis, I have this idea. I don't know what it looks like, but this is what I want to do. Let's brainstorm this together. So I think it's just, you know, building those relationships are so important and yeah, don't be afraid. Just try, reach out, find the person, have the conversation. And then Lewis said, once you have it, just commit to the process. Like this was a year for us to build out. I think from the concept of what a new onboarding program would look like when we brought everybody back to headquarters to full execution. So Lewis nailed it as far as the time commitment and just, you know, staying true to that. Okay, audience, you heard that, right? It's a year. <laughs> it's, it is commitment. It was, it's a commitment. It was a year, Lewis. I, I, I sent you the first call in probably August of September of last year. And we've had some pivots we've had to work through. But from the time we talked to the time we had new hires in person, it was a year. Although it, we did start virtually in April. So, yeah. okay, eight months. <laughs> it didn't feel like that long, though, because you just have so much fun. Yeah. doing it, you know, and, and one of the things that, so, you know, predominantly this is going to be a customer marketing and advocacy practitioner audience is yeah. you all know how much fun it is. If somebody look, comes to you and says, Hey, can you get some stories that are relatable? We all go into our Rolodex of stories and can easily do that and search them out. So that's get excited, right? That's the, the first step. It's like Michelle came to us and we were like, yup, I've got this awesome one that I absolutely adore. And like, just yeah. write up a quick talk track and make it relatable. Like we've been talking a lot about drinks here. Maybe, you know, we all love drinks, right? So think about it as you've got a drink in your hand and you've got a good friend across the table and you're telling him or her that story. That's how you should write it. One thing I want to add to that, that you mentioned, Lewis, too, is the word relatable. And I think that in my role, knowing that we are not just serving the customer-centric roles or the go-to-market roles, 
we have a whole non-go-to-market population, whether that's GNA or, I mean, I know marketing and can be a part of those go-to-market roles, but there's just, I think, a whole population. Like I'm, I'm all for the underdog, right? You know, we have people coming in in hourly roles. I think of, okay, I'm a talent acquisition coordinator and now I'm working for this tech company. How is this going to relate to me and my role and what I do? So I think that's one thing that I really appreciate about Lewis and Andres and just the whole team is that when we were curating these stories, we had to make sure that it resonated to every single person across the organization, people who didn't come from tech companies, you know, again, or might have been in that people and culture role. So I appreciated that. It it is. And Allison, you know me, I I love the how, right? And so what I'll do here is unprompted kind of surprise going off the cuff. I'm going to tell one really quickly. And and this, this is one that actually exists in the deck. I will anonymize the organization, but it's a well-recognized auto manufacturer. And so the, the story goes like this. It's one of my favorite ones. I remember this individual, this company telling it at our Inspire conference, and it's super, super relatable. So the way that you write it and the way you tell it sounds like this to an audience. So. Have you ever logged on to a car manufacturer's site and built your dream vehicle? The options seem endless. Paint color, interior trim, winter weather packages, the color of your stitching and seatbelts. Well, according to this globally recognized auto manufacturing organization, which is one of the most recognizable brands in the world, a buyer has over 1 billion different customization options. But even powerful brands like this one are not immune to the effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. So when the luxury car makers' global production plants pause all work to keep their workers safe and abide by local government laws, prospective customers were not able to purchase their dream vehicles. If you're like me, you're on a website building that dream vehicle and and saying, I want these rims, I want that color. But then imagine not being able to do that because in order to keep their workers safe, they had to shut down these plants. And so how are these folks actually getting cars out to customers? Well, given the vast number of customizations and large number of vehicles already in stock, the team had to patch data in Excel, which was manually labor-intensive and time-consuming. Following a series of steps which involved running manual reports, filtering results through VLOOKUPs, sorting by selected features, finding the closest match, checking the U.S. network of dealers, and finally, calling your dealership. I kind of feel like I have to take a breath after all that work that they were doing. The process had already consumed close to two hours per order. So the advocate's boss turned to him. And as he said to the analytics world at Inspire 21, quote, this sucks. Can you do something? Well, that something was activating Alteryx. And after taking one full day to develop a new automation workflow, the customer and team had a useful tool to help deliver cars to their customers. Leveraging designers K nearest neighbor tool, a machine learning algorithm built into designer to make highly accurate predictions, The customer and team drew vehicle stock data from their U.S. network, which was able to allow them to locate vehicles up to an 85% match to that of an online order. The team's manual work reduced drastically from over 75 hours of manual work to 20 minutes of automated processing. Using designers' geospatial tools, the team was able to locate vehicles in dealerships within a five-mile radius close to where the original order was placed allowing customers the option to purchase a vehicle similar to their original build, all while being close to home. That's how we tell a story. You are a storyteller. You are a storyteller through and through, Lewis. And what I love about that 
there are words in there, geospatial and other things that like not, not tech, not me, not my language, but the fact that what I love about that story is it's, it's humans and it's humans on both sides. And I think the pandemic, at least for me, I mean, I sure tried to take empathy out of that and understanding. But what I do understand is somebody really wanting this car and wanting to do this. And then I understand what it's like to be on the other side. Like this does suck. How can I, I want to do this for somebody, but I'm stuck. And then comes a solution. And I think to Michelle's point, no matter where you sit in an org, you can get that and you can understand that. And that's, that's awesome. And I love the fact that it's a customer story and it's resonating across the entire organization. Thank you for sharing that example. Sure. It's one of my favorite ones. I was going to say, it's one of my favorite ones, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, I was a... literally doing it last night. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I was on a website because I'm in the, in the market and I'm thinking to myself, oh, I really want this car the way I built it. And imagine, right, you can't get it. But, but this, this car maker was able to make that happen. I mean, up to an 85% match with Alteryx. Pretty cool. That is. That's really cool. And the fact that you're not just keeping those stories for marketing, they're not just being kept in different areas. It's out there. It's out there for everyone at Alteryx when they come on board and they get to experience it. You guys have been so great. Thank you for taking all of this time to share your experience and your expertise. I know that we've chatted about having you guys, you know, come back for a short live session because that's the part that I love about Customer X Files is being able to have that follow up because I'm sure there's many listeners who found this conversation very inspiring and interesting, maybe head scratching a little bit. They need some time to digest and they'll have some burning questions. So Everyone, you'll get a chance to ask those. Stay tuned. We can continue the conversation with the community. And so the conversation doesn't have to end today. You can certainly follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'll push out all of the information and details. And Michelle, Lewis, thank you so very much for your time today. This was inspiring and truly a pleasure to get to know you guys a bit better. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Allison, and for the audience listening. Seriously, all credit. Just this this was Michelle's baby. This was her idea. You know, I was just absolutely thrilled and honored to be a part of it. But what it did, and I remember sharing this sentiment with Michelle over, you know, internal teams or Outlook or whatever it was, but I said, thank you for this because this is a new horizon for anybody in customer marketing and advocacy. We usually don't touch HR. Or, or recruitment, right? We're not in that department. And so it was a lot of fun to be a part of it. And now that it's full-fledged and developed and the goal is to just, you know, every month or every two months refresh the stories, it's a machine that's just moving. And Michelle is clearly a leader and just an overall genius in the space. So Michelle, thank you for, for this. Please connect with her on LinkedIn. She's got awesome ideas. Thank you, Lewis. I just like to surround myself by people more brilliant than me. And that is you, my friend. So again, I appreciate the call that you took. And it's just been such an incredible partnership. And to your point, I can't wait to see where this takes us in the future. I've taken down all the notes to Allison right next to that maple syrup on hash brown combo I'm going to have to try. But I, I'm so excited that we will just continue to grow this program and have such an impact to our new hires so that they're just super pumped to work for Alteryx and the impact that we're having. Awesome. 
thank you guys so much. Enjoy the rest of your day. And for everyone else out there, stay tuned for more information and also for the next episode. Take care, everybody. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of The Customer X-Files. Don't forget to follow me, Allison Bukowski, on LinkedIn, where you'll find information about our Peer Perspective session, your chance to join the conversation live on each episode's topic, ask questions, and network with your peers. Customer X-Files is brought to you by PeerSpot. In a market full of hype, PeerSpot's buying intelligence platform is where tech pros go to get practical, reliable information on enterprise technology. You work too hard to build strong customer relationships. It's time to leverage those relationships in a way that maximizes value for your organization and minimizes customer effort. PeerSpot's approach to customer-driven content empowers customer marketers and advocacy professionals that strive to achieve the gold standard within their industry. For more information, check out marketing.peerspot.com. And to keep getting this show in your podcast feed every time a new episode drops, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.